Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, friends, and welcome. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life, and happy to be with you for this time of prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Lord God, to your people. You have made a covenant with us. You have declared that not a single letter of your commands would pass away until they all come true. You have taught us that to love you is to keep your commandments. Write them again in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. Forgive the times we have transgressed them by our sins. Strengthen us against any temptation to break these commandments or to hold back from teaching them to our children, to our neighbors, to the world. Hear our prayers today. Receive our petitions and fulfill our needs. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus. In those days, God delivered all these commandments. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that place of slavery. You shall not have other gods besides me. You shall not carve idols for yourselves in the shape of anything in the sky above or on the earth below, or in the waters beneath the earth. You shall not bow down before them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, inflicting punishment for their father's wickedness, on the children of those who hate me, down to the third and fourth generation, but bestowing mercy down to the thousandth generation on the children of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave unpunished him who takes his name in vain. Remember to keep holy the Sabbath day, Six days you may labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. No work may be done then, either by you or your son or daughter, or your male or female slave or your beast, or by the alien who lives with you. In six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord has blessed the Sabbath day, and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that you may have a long life in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male or female slave, nor his ox or ass nor anything else that belongs to him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters, the commandments are our life. The commandments are our love. They are the shape of love. The commandments are the shape of love. 
Love is not some kind of vague or abstract thing. It is concrete. Love isn't silly putty that we can... Uh, remember, remember the silly putty? I used to love that stuff. So just you could form anything you wanted to, to form. You could bounce it and it's silly putty. I got to get some of that again. But love isn't silly putty as if you can just slap the name silly putty, uh, rather slap the, the word love on anything you want to do and call it love. Jesus says, here's how you know that you love me. Keep my commandments. The book of Deuteronomy, as we know, says, choose life. The Lord says, I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life then. Now, we in the pro-life movement, of course, will apply that to, to the specific situation of choosing that the unborn, who have lost in the law their right to life, recognition of their right to life, that we choose that the unborn should live rather than die by abortion. So that's a very specific application of this eternal command to the circumstances of our time. And we do that correctly. It's proper to, to make that application. But when you look at the context in which God is saying, choose life, I set before you death and life, he's talking about keeping his commandments. We find the listing of the commandments in the Old Testament, by the way, in two places. The place from which we read them today, Exodus, second book of the Bible, chapter 20, and also Deuteronomy, chapter 5. And Deuteronomy, of course, is where we have that famous line, I set before you life and death, blessings and curses, choose life. I want to point something out. He says he sets before us life and blessings, death, and curses. And then he says, choose life. In saying, I set before you life and death, choose life, God is emphasizing that we have the freedom to go either way. He has put free will in us. Why? Well, that's part of being in the image and likeness of God. God is freedom itself. Of course, we're going to be free, free to love Him. Sadly, tragically, and fearfully, also free to reject Him. But it doesn't mean the fact that we have the power to do both doesn't mean they're morally equivalent. In fact, they're morally opposite. And He tells us which one to choose. He wants us to love Him, commands us to love Him, commands us all the other things He mentions in these commandments. But He wants us to do it freely. That's when it has its value. But I want to point something out here. We get to choose which of these two ways we're going to go, the way of life and the way of death. An early Christian writing outside the Bible called the Didache, the teaching of the Twelve Apostles, starts off by saying, there is a way of life and a way of death, and great is the difference between the two. That division between the way of life and the way of death goes through our world, through our nation, through our church, 
through our families, through our communities, and even through our very hearts. Constantly. It's the divide. It's an eternal divide. And we have to constantly be vigilant every day that we're choosing the right side, that we're choosing life. But even though we have the choice of going down one road or the other, we don't get to choose what's, what's, what's on that road. And understand this distinction. He says, choose life and blessings, death and curses. He doesn't say, choose life and curses. He doesn't say, choose death and blessings, because that's not possible. You go down that road, that's not what you're going to find. You go down the road of choosing life, which means, again, keeping His commandments. That's our life. That's the meaning of love. You go down the road of life, living the Christian life, the new creation in Christ, the regenerated life of His Holy Spirit dwelling in us, writing His law, not on the stone tablets of these commandments, but on our hearts. And you're going to be filled with blessings. There's going to be peace. There's going to be prosperity. There's going to be life. There's going to be everything is going to be blessed. You will thrive. You will flourish. I think of Psalm number one. Let's go. Let's just take a pause here and go to Psalm number one. Blessed the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree that is planted by streams of water, that yields its fruit in due season, whose leaves do not weather. All that he does prospers. Choose life and blessings. Not so the wicked, not so. They are like chaff which the wind drives away. The wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Death and curses. Curses always go along with choosing death. People think they can choose abortion as a solution to a problem. You can't. It won't solve the problem. That's why we have our Silent No More campaign. We heal those that have had abortions, and Rachel's Vineyard is the largest, most effective of the healing ministries in the entire world. I'm proud to serve as pastoral director of that ministry worldwide, done so since 2003. And silent no more, those that have come through healing want to stand before the world and say that choosing death by choosing abortion brought Curses. This is a big part of what the testimonies are all about. Go to abortiontestimonies.com and you're going to see what the Lord means when He says, I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Abortion testimonies.com. Read them. Share them. Watch the videos. Take a few moments. Listen to the experience of those that have done this. You choose death. You choose to have your baby dismembered. You choose the despair that ushers you through the door of an abortion clinic because it's not freedom of choice that brings you there. It's despair. And you are going to know the meaning of this word. Curses. Self-esteem, gone. Relationships, demolished. Ability to even think 
judge correctly, form a relationship, have sexual intimacy, nurture another child. Gone. Devastation. Confusion, nightmares, substance abuse, thoughts of suicide, on and on it goes. Not to mention infertility, pelvic inflammatory disease, infection, all kinds of other physical curses. I set before you life and death. Life summarized by these commandments. You know, these commandments, when you read them, don't just think of them as a list of rules or do's and don'ts. In one sense they are. I mean, the first three deal with our relationship with God. Worship God alone. Don't take His name in vain and keep His day holy. So the first three have to do with our relationship with God. You could think of those as the first tablet. And four through ten deal with our relationships with other human beings, starting with our parents. And by the way, it's mutual. The fourth commandment also brings about the obligations of parents to their children. If God puts parents in such an awesome place in His creative scheme that they actually cooperate with Him in bringing forth new life, He has put an immense responsibility on their shoulders to respect that life, to receive that life from Him, and a responsibility on the part of those children to honor their parents. But all these commandments... Make us like God. They make us similar to God. They, 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 they cause our lives and our choices and our activities and our words and deeds and our generosity and our protection of justice and fairness and life and truth. They make us behave like God. They make us reflect God. They make us manifest God in the world. That's what living the commandments does. What a gift. The commandments are a gift. John Paul said, be not afraid. Be not afraid to welcome the Savior. He said, because the Savior will bring you freedom and fulfillment and happiness. The other side wants us to think just the opposite. That welcoming the Savior will bring us limitation, oppression, and sadness. Give witness to the world that just the opposite is true. Choosing life, the life that comes from living the commandments, the life that makes us just like God. Choosing that brings us such joy and peace, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, generosity. Show the world the fruits of embracing and living these commandments and you will be fulfilling your purpose. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the words of life, the commandments, especially, Lord, keep our nation, keep our world in line with that commandment, which was the first one Jesus mentioned when he was asked, which commandments should I keep? And he said, do not kill. Lord, may we never take the life of another or try to justify taking the life of another or sit back idly while our neighbor's life is at stake, as your word says in Proverbs. Do not sit idly by while others kill. 
Your hands are full of blood, Isaiah told your people, because they weren't doing anything about the violation of this sacred commandment not to kill. We thank you, Lord, that you keep us close to you. Lord, any and every sin is a form of violating the first commandment because when we give in to temptation, when we give in to the lie that something that is evil somehow looks good, Lord, what we do in the end is to commit idolatry, is to worship a false god. Lord God, when our society justifies abortion, it is breaking not just the fifth commandment, it's breaking the first commandment. It's putting an idol in place of you, whether it be comfort, convenience, advancement, or just being free of a burden. These are idols. Lord, bless us with your commandments once again. Write them on our hearts. And may we run joyfully in the way of your commands, always choosing life. We pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We pray to our Heavenly Mother who leads us to Jesus and to His commandments. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Friends, I'm praying for you. Let's pray for each other. Don't forget to connect with me on social media and spread to others how they can do so at FR Frank Pavone on all the social media platforms. Let's stay connected. Thank you for all that you do for the pro-life cause. We will be in touch. This is my body, an empty shell without your love. I see. Every child, this is my body, but you are always in my heart, always in my mind. If I could choose again, there'd be no choice for me but you. I do.
Priests for Life is a extraordinarily fine group, uh, and I, I don't say that in order to um, make anybody feel better or flatter anyone. Uh, it's, an, it's an unusual and a very unique group in that most of the priests whom I have encountered across this country and indeed around the world uh, shy away from the subject of abortion. They somehow want to keep it under the rug and only pull it out when they're ordered to. Uh, in my own experience as a Catholic convert for the last several years, um, I've attended a great many masses and listened to a great many homilies, and I think, believe in three years I've listened only to one homily on the subject of abortion, and that was here in St. Patrick's Cathedral. Other than that, priests seem not to want to talk about it. And Priests for Life is the Paul Revere of this whole gestalt, that priests for life are riding around trying to galvanize the rest of the clergy into getting engaged in what is one of the most appalling revolutions of the 20th century. And I am uh, enormously grateful to them and admire their work enormously, but unfortunately I believe that there are not enough, that priests for life should be should have a staff 20 times what it has now. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life.